remember the old Ascot water playground? Yeah. We oh, used to jump nice. in the river and swim across and sneak in and then sneak back again. So my parents are in Italy. Do they miss you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I think especially lately with uh, everything that was going on. Yeah, we had a five-year yeah. plan 20 years ago. <laughs> that's, that's what Perth can do to you. Welcome to the People of Perth podcast, a series all about the people who live in the most isolated city on the planet. You know, Perth's pretty unique. It can be both troubling and wonderful all at the same time, extracting pride and frustration from people who live here all at once. For some of us, it's really hard to appreciate the city until we leave it. Seeing the rest of the world, even if it's just that ubiquitous trip to Bali, a rite of passage for Perth kids, has the power to make us look a little more closely at what we have. This episode is all about being at home in Perth, whether it's those of us who grew up here or those who, for a myriad of reasons, had this city thrust upon them. I'm Carmen Braidwood, and these are the people of Perth. I don't have a lot of good memories from it. No, I, can't I just imagine. remember being really sick. The years between 1945 and 1982 saw Australia increase the number of migrants from Britain as part of the Chifley government's assisted passage migration scheme. The program saw over a million Brits, affectionately nicknamed on home soil, 10 pound poms, make their way via boat, a four week journey all the way to Australia. Debbie Stevenson's parents were among them. She was on board too, and as she recalls, it wasn't an experience you'd want to repeat in a hurry. I'd come to Australia as a 10-pound pom. Did you? Yeah. (laughs) So when I was four years old. So who was in the family that came out as a 10-pound? Mum, dad, an 18-month-old sister, and mum was pregnant with my brother. Wow. Do you have photos of back then? A few. um, We just had a 50th year anniversary of our arrival. What do you remember of that day? (sighs) Well, it was a three-week journey. I remember the weather was really rough. I remember, like, being sick the whole time, seasickness. And What was the boat like? Quite basic. I remember the cabin had bunk beds. There was mum, myself, my sister, another lady, her daughter, all cramped up in this little tiny cabin. We were, like, sharing bathrooms, like communal bathrooms down the passageway. Like, it was just really basic. Yeah, Yeah. and and there was a baby. So mum was sick the whole time. She had seasickness and morning sickness. Didn't see much of dad because they um, put the men with other men. Did they? So there were women's quarters for the women and children. Yeah, they had the women and children separate to the men. So dad had one big three-week party apparently. Oh, that'd be right. (laughs) (laughs) The guys loved it. The women were nursing sick kids and sick themselves. So how did the £10 POM thing work? Mum and dad paid £10 each for the passage. We were free because we were children so it was 20 pound for the whole family to come Mm. and you basically just came with what you had I think we had a couple of tea chests but one of them ended up falling off the ship or something so they just came and we went and stayed at a place in Bateman yeah and came off the ship at Fremantle. came straight off the ship in Fremantle it was like the 3rd of February so apparently it was really stinking hot and we'd come from Southampton and it was like winter (laughs) From the high seas to our wide open countryside, many Perthlings have been wandering out yonder for years. You see, Western Australia is a vast state with a wide range of lifestyles and natural environments allowing us to choose the life we'd like to live. 
For chiropractor Brett Della, it's been a life both in and out of Perth for career pursuits as well as lifestyle. Born in Northern, actually. Mum and Dad were living in Gamaling and uh, we moved to Perth when I was about six months old and pretty much a Bassendine boy. So what's childhood like in Bassendine for you? Uh, a lot of time on bikes, riding around with your mates, jumping in the river, going fishing, uh, camping down by the river sometimes as well. It was just, it was, it was a really relaxed, you know, we'd play, was it Hounds and Hares where you'd draw a chalk on the road ever heard of hands no, and hairs? No, tell me how hands okay. and hands and hairs worked. You'd get into two teams, you'd split up and you'd have a box of chalk and you'd actually have to run down and, and get away from someone or they try and catch you and you'd have a ten minute head start. And it was like a game of chasey, but you'd have to leave clues with your chalk, like arrows on the road. Uh, you give them two directions to go, which way they go and have to try and guess. And you have to go get back to the house before they caught you and yeah. Remember the old Ascot water playground? Yeah. We used oh, to I jump jump in the river and swim across and sneak in and then sneak back again. I know it's closed now, so I should be okay and won't get prosecuted for that. <laughs> <laughs> what other memories do you have at that time? Oh, um, I think it was just the, the neighbourhood. We have a bunch of kids on our street and every Christmas we'd have a Christmas party at someone's house and it'd be rotated every time and there'd be 40 kids running around, you know, mixing cool drinks together, jumping in pools. <laughs> it, was just, it was just a fun, fun time as a, as a child growing up. Yeah, and I can imagine that's something that you wanted to maintain into adulthood, so that's why you sort of went off to those country parts of the state. I, I think it was more my, by chance than anything. I think uh, going to Kalgoorlie was just an opportunity to get away from the Perth policing because it can be very repetitious if you get stuck in, like the lock-up, et cetera, whereas when you're out in the, in the country, you, you get to do all the jobs, and I really enjoyed that sort of things. Yeah, that's one of the greatest benefits of my career has been going out to the bush and getting to learn on the by doing rather than kind of watching other people do the jobs you want to do. Yeah, and as a chiropractor, it's for me, it's hands-on, and that's how I learn. I have to learn by doing. Chances are if you have friends from overseas who moved to Perth here a few years ago, they'll say something like, you know, we only plan to stay a couple of years and then... What is it that makes people so comfortable that decide to stay here for decades? Have a listen to musician Ari Davis with a familiar tale. I'm an American-accented, Asian-looking, internationally-educated Australian. <laughs> I've been an Australian passport holder, if we can just call it, uh, since 1975. But came here to move permanently 20 years ago, and uh, I'm per through and through. Uh, interestingly, I am moving soon, but that's that's a, a whole different subject that could take for days. We're losing you to the city? Well, actually, I'm moving over east. We had a five-year yeah. plan 20 years ago. <laughs> that's, that's what Perth can do, too. Yeah, um, it we, can. That's it, a very, very universal story, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's literally that. Um, in 1999, we had a five-year plan 20 years ago to move over east because the humidity is better for my wife. Um, but even for her, uh, very, very quickly, she, you know, she finds work colleagues and friends, and we go, okay. Uh, five years. Well, let's push it out to ten years. I'll just tough it out for five months of every year, sneezing mm -hmm. and eyes watering. And uh, and then finally, last year, I just said, look, you're turning fifty this year, um, and I don't want to be the the eighty year old going. You remember when we were thinking of moving <laughs> somewhere where your allergies would be less? 
So we've decided we've 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 drawn the line in the sand. It's November this year. Okay. Mm. And when was that decision made? Was it was it 2019 when you heard that date and thought, hang on, oh, that's official. It's 20 years. Yeah. Uh, actually, a, a couple of months before, uh, well, uh, uh, earlier last year when it occurred to me that she was turning 50 last year. Yeah. Um, and I just thought, well, look, let's and and, and you know, in a funny way, I, I really didn't want to be the the 80 or 90 year old looking at my wife every year five months of just sneezing and smiling mm. through all the sneezes and taking antihistamine every time we, we'd go out to Kings Park and I just thought no no let's 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 do something for her and uh, um, and maybe maybe only five or ten years ago I would have been a bit more nervous a bit more anxious about the music bit mm. um, thinking oh what am I going to do nobody knows me and all that stuff but you know with with the mixture of pride, confidence, and a little bit of humility. I know that within a year, I'll be slotting in over there as well. Of course you will. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, to, to playing to a new audience. Well, I can update you that for a myriad of reasons, not the least of which 2020 just being what it has been, Ari's move to the East is off. So it looks like for the time being, we get to keep him. Let's meet another Perth entertainer, and this one is definitely with us for good. Jiggy Simkus runs a comedy room, and you might have even seen him take the stage himself. But his path to where he is now has had a few speed bumps along the way. I moved here and realised that my qualification is not worth the paper it's written on. And while I've spoken with Jiggy so many times on the radio before, it was only recently I actually learned to say his name right. My full name is Jigmantus. Jigmantus. So they call me Jiggy for short. Is that right? Yeah. And you were born in Lithuania. When did yes. you come to Australia? Um, I was born in Lithuania, then I moved to South Africa, where I learned, you know, the good things, how to steal a car, how to dispose of it, you know, and then I moved here when I had my first daughter, so that was in 09, because my ex-in-laws moved here for work, and then we followed a little bit after when my daughter was born, and South Africa being what it is, uh, we decided that it's better that we take our kid out. How long were you in South Africa? Um, I was in South Africa for... 17 years. What did you do there? Oh, I studied. I finished studying hotel management. I worked, ran resorts, restaurants. Did you? Yeah. And then I moved here. And You yeah. found it hard to find work here? Yeah. In, in, my, in my trade, yes. You're a new father. You're here in Perth yeah. trying to find work and you can't get anything in that same industry. No, hotel restaurants is just not conducive to having a family. Yeah, okay. You know, so... So we, I went, well, firstly, we got divorced because it just didn't work out, you know, mm. new family and there's just too many stresses. So I moved over and then, yeah, I got, I worked at servos, I worked at disposal companies and stuff like that. Did and, you? Whatever yeah. you could kind of yeah. do. And then I started Flying Camel Comedy. We'll talk a lot more with Jiggy about his room, Flying Camel Comedy, in a few episodes' time, including a story about a talented comedian who unbelievably has no verbal communication. You don't want to miss it. Now, many of us have a few unusual and entertaining stories about our school days. Some of us have stories from our school days we'd probably rather forget. So imagine my surprise when old classmate Chris Lundstrom got in touch and said he'd love to be a part of the People of Perth podcast. You still owe me a pint, sister. Oh, mate, <laughs> I should have done that today. Now I own you two pints. Oh, now it's been recorded. Um... <laughs> and we kick things off reminiscing about those 12 years we spent attending school side by side in the Perth Hills. Yes, I am still in the hills. Absolutely lovely place to live. Yeah. Great place to retire if yeah. I had the money. 
<laughs> That's true. We used to kind of dislike that about it, I guess, when we were younger. Yeah. I mean, we had students all over the place coming up to Lismody. And I look at my bus and then you see all the students pouring off it and think, that used to be me 20, 30 years ago. Wow, how old do I feel right now? <laughs> because they've all got laptops and iPads. We had Stripe books, ruled books. Yeah. Um, contact film. Yeah, contact. You remember contacting a book? <laughs> The pressure associated with getting the contact right on that book at the beginning of each school year, I thought was immense. That book's going to be with you for the entire year and it ends up with phone numbers and drawings and the funny little emblems of the day like the Stussy and the Yeah, that thing sticks out, doesn't it? School is where you learn to live. So then let me ask you this question. What did you learn about life at school? Oh, I learned that. I should take a lot of life a little bit more seriously than what I used to and a lot more fun than what I used to. So you're sort of arguing for being more serious and less serious at the same time by saying that. You find a nice balance in what you do because you could have a really, really, really bad day, like nothing goes right for you whatsoever, and then someone just casually looks at you and tells you a joke that means nothing to them and that trips a switch inside your brain and you require oxygen because you're laughing so hard you can feel your chest just heaving and the muscles that the intercostal space between your ribs is just screaming at you because it's so funny the most mundane joke if timed properly, your entire day has just completely reversed itself. Our final voice this episode comes from someone who's travelled the world over and yet she's chosen to make our city of Perth her home. Born in northern Italy, Sharon Krasinovsky came here to work as an architect and now when she pops home to see her parents, the locals there can't believe she grew up in the area. I was born in Italy, close to Venice, in Padova, and my dad is Russian-Ukrainian with a Jewish background and my mom is Italian. So I lived there for most of my life, but they sent me to an American private school. Uh-huh. So I started speaking English since I was like, four oh great. three and a half yeah. <laughs> um and yeah so my accent comes from my american australian english teachers <laughs> they were a bit of a mix so it's all mixed up and whenever i go back everybody's saying that i have a bit of a weird accent <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah some italians don't think i'm actually italian i'm like oh damn <laughs> <laughs> i'm forgetting it and then i came here i traveled to london I uh, lived there for a couple of years. I lived in Melbourne for a couple of years. So you're kind of a resident of the world in many ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where are your parents these days? So my parents are in Italy and, yeah, they are doing pretty well there. Yeah. Do they miss you? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I think especially lately with uh, everything that was going on. Um, yeah, they have been missing me a lot. And usually I try to go back once a year and um, yeah, it hasn't been able to happen this time so yeah how do you go reconciling yourself with the thought that you might not be able to see them again for a little while try not to think about it (laughs) I try not to think about it (laughs) sorry it was a bit emotional I kind of made a little bit of peace um right at the start of the pandemic I kind of realized what was happening quite quickly and um I just try to yeah, be in contact with them as much as I can, the way I can. And yeah, uh, that's that's all I can do, really. Yeah. <laughs> What's your preferred mode of uh, electronic communication with mum and dad back in Italy? All of them. 
Yeah, do you use yeah. everything? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, social media for photographs, and then WhatsApp, Skype. Um, yeah. You guys That's, video call. A lot. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, I think our family is not really um, direct communication sort of thing. Um, we we more kind of keep in touch by text and pictures, and then maybe once every two or three weeks we video call. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you, um how's your Italian these days? Do you guys all speak Italian together or you speak yeah. English or No, no, I speak Italian um with my family usually. Um I admire anybody who can speak more than one language. You're very lucky, I guess, that you were able to learn English from the age of 4. Yeah. Um have you learned any other languages since then? I started learning German and Finnish at a certain point uh and a little bit of Japanese, but I never really got to the point where I was actually being like able to uh, communicate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, what brought you to Perth? I, I came here in 2012 with the partner I had at the time. The idea was to explore the world and yeah, travel. But once we got here, I started working and I got sponsored, and um, eventually our relationship broke up, and I met my current partner. And I, yeah, decided to stay with him, and we stayed here for a couple of years with my current partner John, and then we left together for London, and then Melbourne, and then came back here. Next time on the People of Perth podcast, we talk travel and exploration with a Perth spin. Hot sauce makers Paul and Chris tell us about his life in the Navy. I had the opportunity of seeing a lot of the world very young. I think it grounded me a lot. Lizelle shares her experience of trying a hand at Aussie slang. And they said that they checked out every time for me, see you later. I keep responding back and said, no, I'm not coming back here later today. And Debbie tells us about expat life in Angola. And then all of a sudden we've come to this place and we're just like really sort of sheltered and managed. We couldn't go too far out of the boundaries, you know, because of security. This podcast series is made possible thanks to interviews with the members of the Perthling Group on Facebook. If you'd like to be part of future Perthling projects, head to the link in this episode's description and join in the fun. The People of Perth podcast is produced by Bad Bard Productions and presented by me, Carmen Braidwood. We hope you'll join us next time for more stories from the world's most isolated city. Thanks for listening. Listener.